thing is, if you gave me the mic, I would be tempted at every point to try and create a mic drop situation and just walk <laughs> off. So this is safer for everyone. <laughs> um, cool. So Dan asked me to talk a bit, um, kind of relating to refugees. So I've been up here before and talked about various points in my experience. Because um, so I used to be at this church as a kid, and I went to New Day and all those things, and then um, ended up going to university. And after that, served in a refugee camp with um, Izzy Mills as well, and then came back here. And it's been really great in different ways to share that experience with you. And so I hope to do a bit of that again. Um, so, but the first thing I want to do is just read a bit of the Bible. So if Jordan can get it up, yeah. This is, uh, so Isaiah 61, just the beginning of it. It's uh, when Jesus went into the temple, as a bit, he says this. So I thought that would be a good thing to do. Can't go too wrong if Jesus said it, then <laughs> we're all good. So, yeah, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair, spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to pray quick, very quickly. Um, God, just help me to speak what you want to speak from this passage today and um, help people to hear what you have to say to them today and stir, stir up our hearts to love you more. Amen. Okay, so, yeah, I've had a bit of experience with refugees, and that means also kind of I've looked a lot about it in the news and had a lot of conversations, um, just as all of us have over the past two, three years especially. And so the first question I was kind of thinking about is, so how, how are we talking about it? Um, how does our society frame it? And I think the thing mostly is that it's crisis. You hear refugee, you finish crisis, refugee crisis. And what reaction has that um, prompted? I think it's not an exhaustive list, but kind of three main ways as I've talked to people and things you hear around. Either compassionate, so... Um, oh my word, we, we need to do something, this is horrible. Um, or kind of burying the head in the sand or blinders on. Um, I think it comes from the sense of knowing it's horrible and just not really wanting to have to deal with that. Um, and then lastly, not just closing our eyes, but closing our hearts and becoming hard to it. And I think those two things and other ways, they're all kind of united under this reaction of, Fear, um, fear of what it means for us, what it could mean for um, our society, what it would mean for the people that are, are having to run, what it would mean for the world, just generally underlying. And especially with the compassionate, it just comes with this feeling of, oh, but 
what are we going to do? You know, I don't know how to solve this. I don't know if it's going to be solved. And that's really scary to look at a problem and just think, oh, my word. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think a lot of what we speak about is got this underlying current of fear behind it. But that's absolutely not part of um, what God would say, how God thinks, how he calls us to think about our world. It's an absolute rejection of um, that feeling of fear. And so I really wanted to kind of ask a question. So how does God see this? How does um, God speak into this? And so I think the first thing is that he sees this. Um, spending time with refugees, I think a lot of... Um, it comes down to them feeling like they're not seen. Um, because if the world could see them right now, then it would do something. And they feel like no one's doing anything, so surely that means no one's looking. Um, but I think we saw in the, in the scripture I read that um, God sees people in their suffering. You know, it's right there. He's not hiding it. He's not trying to you know, pretend like everything's good. He's like, look, they're a poor there are brokenhearted, there are captives, there are those that are bound, there are those that are mourning. It's up front. Here it is. But it's not just saying, look, it's doing something about it. And Jesus is our ultimate show of that, that reaction. He, this is him talking about himself here. It's you know, Isaiah's prophecy of who Jesus is and what he comes to do. So Jesus came for these people. He came down to the earth so that he could address these needs that, that we see. And, yeah. Um, so he came to, to address those, those physical needs, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. These are all big action things, and we saw Jesus really did do them. He really did come, and when he was on this earth, when he saw people that needed healing, he did that. When he saw people that needed set, setting free, he did that. But there was so much more to it than that, wasn't there? Um, there was a, a bigger hope, a bigger mission behind that three years of being on the earth and doing physical things. Um, and I think, for me, that is what changes everything about thinking about refugees or any kind of... You could think the same thing, not just about refugees, but homelessness or any suffering in our families, it's a similar kind of thought that we can see that physical need, we can be upfront about it, we can be, know that we are called to do something physical about it, but there's even more when it comes to Jesus. Because um, he came not just for those three years to bring physical healing and physical freedom, but he came to bring us the healing that we completely need, the, the freedom that we need from our sin and death. And he came to restore. And that's what I love about um, these passages here, is that um, that second screen, when it says, it changes the, the pronoun. So it's saying, um, I will come for these people, these people, these people, and then they will go and rebuild the cities. That's what... Jesus' mission was about. That's what he does for us. That is the hope that he brings for us, that he would set us on our feet, and with that power, with the power of what he's done, we would go and we would run and we would rebuild cities. And 
So when we're thinking about kind of refugee crisis and thinking, oh, if we could just, you know, get enough money to build enough houses or, um, you know, find enough ways to keep people safe, that would be enough. That would be good. But I think the kind of hope that God's talking about is so much more than that, that he would equip them, he would change them, he would bring them such healing that then they would go back and they would be able to rebuild cities. It's such a restorative, creative kind of hope that Jesus speaks into our lives. So, um, from speaking more practically, you know, that's how I started, and I think um, I'll return back to that in that when me and Izzy were in the refugee camp, it, it would have been really crushing if we'd just thought about it in terms of the physical problem. For example, we were in charge of um, giving out clothes, and we never satisfied anyone at all. <laughs> um, we never had enough clothes, we never had the right sizes, we never had the right things. Um, I'm really thankful for the things that we did have and the ways that God did help us to meet physical needs. But I'm more thankful for the, for the way that I know he was working um, deeper than that. So um, once I was standing in front of a lady and um, she was so frustrated that I couldn't find her a, a warm sweater that was in her size and was something she liked. And she pointed to me and she was like, but I just want you know something like that that you're wearing. And I um, just took off my sweater and gave it to her. And what happened right then wasn't that I could meet a physical need, but that Jesus was meeting the need of her heart. She needed to be seen. She needed to be cared for. She needed to be honored. That's what he does when he meets our physical needs. He does something so much greater, and he does it for you, for all of us. So, yeah, my hope when I see refugees, when I think about this crisis, is that, wow, he really does want to do something. He has the means to meet it physically, but he wants to do so much more than just get us to do things. We know that that's not what God's about, um, even though he loves to see us do good things. And um, so Susie told me a story about when she was in a refugee camp in Thessaloniki, which I thought was a really awesome story to show how God wants to not even just fill physical needs, not even just fill the things that are behind the physical needs, but also has a hope um, of the, our ultimate need. So I'd like to invite Susie out to tell you this quick story with that mic, because we're not going <laughs> to... I'm not giving this up now. <laughs> Can't be Brittany. Hello, hello, yeah. hello. Yeah, um, so I was, it's actually exactly a year ago um, that I was, I was doing YWAM, a discipleship training school for six months. And um, for three weeks, we went to Thessaloniki um, to help out and volunteer with a church that was going into one of the refugee camps there, which was basically the second stop after coming from where Josie was. Um, but yeah, um, there was this one story where... Um, on the first day in the camp, this little girl came up behind me and like she covered my eyes um, and like we immediately bonded and I was just playing with her. Um, and so the next time she invited me into her tent and so I met her mother. And um, so it was just the mother and these two little girls. Um, and so I would go and see them every day um, that we were in the camp and they'd just be so welcoming even though all they had was just the tent. Um, 
uh, they just always offered me all their food and the tea and all these different things and uh, it was amazing um, but every time I was um, they didn't speak any English but I had Google Translate on my phone so I downloaded the Arabic and so I was communicating with them on Google Translate um, and so I, was, I would like send little um, things on it saying like Jesus loves you to like the, the younger girls um, but I was a bit more nervous to share that with the mother because they're Muslim so I wasn't really sure how they would respond to it or if it was dangerous for me to do that but um, one, one time I was just like okay I just need to do it um, and so I, I would just like share it with them every time and I shared it with the mother and she actually responded really well to it and um, she said that she'd seen the Bible before and I think she had had some contact with Christianity before um, but there was one time, it was the last time in the camp, and she, uh, I said, do you know Jesus? And she was like, no. And so I shared um, basically the, the gospel with her on Google Translate. Um, and it was really cool because I was like, I have no idea how this is translating, but God gave me so much faith that whatever I was writing, he would you know, write the right thing for her. Um, and so I, I, I typed out the gospel to her, and I was like, do you want to follow Jesus? And um, she like nodded. And so I typed out a prayer that she could pray um, to accept Jesus. And I was like, if you pray this, then Jesus will come into your life. And um, she asked me to send it to her on WhatsApp. So I was like, sent it to her. And um, the next day, uh, the next day was the last day. And I, I went into the camp and I was like, did you pray the prayer? And she said, yes. Um, and I'd actually got a Bible for her in Arabic. And her face just lit up, like having this Bible in Arabic. And it, it was an incredible um, experience. Um, and I was able to connect her with the church. And they, um, they brought her along into the church a few times and showed her the Jesus movie and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not, I kind of lost touch with them, so I don't know where she is now. But um, I think they were hoping to get to Amsterdam. But I just trust God um, has it. But yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, um, awesome. Amazing. Praise God. Amazing. <laughs> So what I love about that story is when we were so on the island in Greece, it was um, just temporary. And you could think, oh, all I'm going to do is going to turn up every day and give them clothes and, things, and then move on. And I won't, because we weren't allowed to um, talk about Jesus openly. It's just uh, Greek rules. And that, that's fine, because we knew that we were just serving them and he can speak through that. Um, but... That story just shows what God is ready to do. That I have so much faith that there are Christians along this journey that people are being put on. And if we would stand up as church, as the Christians, and um, do what God is calling us to do in that time. So for me and Izzy, that was giving clothes. And then um, later for Susie, that was drinking tea and um, being brave enough to... Um, speak the truth when she had the opportunity to. Um, Sue's got a friend here from Wyoming, Joanna, who's in Germany now, and she um, does homework with the kids in her town um, and just helps them in that way. And I just have so much faith that if we do what God is calling us to do at each point and love practically and love how he would have us, that he will do the rest and he will bring them that ultimate, um, that ultimate freedom um, that is really the answer that they need more than Europe or 
um, a political answer. Um, so yeah, I'm aware that that might have been quite like a sucker punch after we'd just been going, woo, new day and all those things, and I just got up here and I'm like, refugees. Um, but <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I wanted to be encouraged about what, um, what is going on, about the hope that Jesus looks like in all different ways for our young people. That was, um, you know, they got to enjoy the hope that Jesus spoke into the lives at New Day. Um, there are refugees now that are enjoying the hope that Christians are speaking into their lives um, now practically. Um, and hopefully soon we will have um, a refugee family in our local area that will be able to do that too. Um, and even if not, I think just changing the way we're thinking about um, refugees or homeless or anything to really take hold of this hope that Jesus is speaking to these situations um, is just so important. So yeah, I hope that was an encouraging sucker punch if it felt like that, <laughs> at least. Thank you.